0: All right, let's do this. How are you what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuckin' ears? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Uh, welcome to it. It's called WTF. Have you been here before? Welcome back. How's the new year going? What day is it? Day is it day 4 of the new year? 2 days in. And uh, the guy who is uh, you know in charge of uh, Planet maintenance just tweets out that he's got a bigger nuclear dick than the Korean guy. Two days in, what a fucking colossal global embarrassment we're living through. Make America great again. How about make America irrelevant and sadly dumb again? Oh my god! Hey, happy New Year. I hope you're. I hope you're doing okay. Four days in uh, today on the show, Tana Hasi Coates. Uh, I will talk to Tana Coates. I loved his old book. I like his new book. I like his writing. Uh, I'd never met him before, and uh, it was very exciting to talk to him. I, I do want to tell you that it was before the uh, it was before the uh, uh, the big uh, the big uh, deletion of his Twitter account. God bless him. What a hero. Anyone who deletes their Twitter account is a hero. So I didn't talk to him about that. It was before the, whatever the, before Cornell West, uh, attacked the young buck, uh, for intellectual differences that, that seemed a little bit, uh, uh misguided. Uh, but, uh, I, out of anything that went on from what I can tell, it's just the, the courage to get off fucking Twitter, to, to pull your name off off of the wall of that hellscape god bless him if you believe in that kind of stuff or good on you is that good on him that's what i say also you can hear in this interview that the 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 roots of it the 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 movement towards the move that he made off of twitter and 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 out of the the sort of um public spotlight the 24 7 public representation required of people who have uh, public relevance uh you could hear the seeds of it in our conversation so that's coming up and also i, I finished watching darren aronofsky's mother all right yeah i never got so much shit you know on this show really i i think there it was it was unprecedented which is a word that should be one of the words of the year doubling down unprecedented and getting ahead of it those uh, statements have been used more this year than ever i've ever heard last year unprecedented can we just switch that with that word when it comes to this administration unprecedented just say it was unprecedented or just say it was fucked up that this happened in the modern lexicon unprecedented means fucked up that was fucked up you mean unprecedented yeah yeah, fucked up. So, oh, but I got a lot of uh, a lot of pushback because I when I set up the Darren Aronofsky interview, I told I, I promised him that I would finish the movie by the time I posted the interview and I didn't because I didn't have fucking time. But I finished it. I watched the whole goddamn thing from the beginning again straight through, and I don't know what happened to me. I do not know what happened to me by exposing myself to that film something happened, something came at me, something fucked with my head, but I'm not sure exactly what it was. And I don't know that it would have been necessarily relevant to the conversation without spoilers. Maybe I would ask him about some nuanced things, some little things in it, and watching it straight through, all the way through without stopping or pausing it, on a relatively big screen, uh, having watched part of it, and then rewatched that part again, and having, knowing that it's an allegory, though I'm not great with allegories. It was a fairly complicated allegory. And all I can say is it do, it does seem to be, uh, I don't want to simplify it, but yeah, relationships can suck sometimes. And it's uh, 90% of the time it's the dude's fault. <laughs> I, I don't know if that number's right. And I'm sure that's not the allegory that uh, Mr. Aronofsky was looking for. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, relationships can be difficult is that what mother's about is that is that did i miss something is it really just about uh you know don't date an artist is that the allegory was that is that is that what mother's about because if you simplify it it's sort of like hey this is there you know make sure you notice the red flags you know when your floors are bleeding and uh he's not paying attention to you and he's let an entire he's let a thousand strangers into the house uh you know, don't don't let it go too far. <laughs> be careful when they're having public executions in your living room that uh, maybe it's not good to, a, to date a poet. There you go. See, now, even that could be seen as a spoiler. But I don't know how many of you are going to see it. But that, that shouldn't be a spoiler. There's no way to spoil the movie, Mother, because it's so fucking out there. And I didn't think it was a bad movie. A lot of people were mad. They were viscerally mad at the at the film Mother, and I I I wasn't. I thought it was a very ambitious, a very big film, uh, a very you know, visually uh, stunning and exciting movie to watch uh, all the way through. Uh, and you know, if you have any sort of Experience with uh, experimental theater or experimental film—it shouldn't have been that jarring for you in the sense of like, "Hey, what's going on here?" It's like, "Well, just shut up." You know, sometimes you got to let art flow over you, as uh, William Hurt's character said in The Big Chill. I'm paraphrasing. It, it, you just have to, you know, let it happen. A- as I said, it was very complicated, and and so many little elements seemed to be very deliberate. There was nothing in that film that wasn't deliberate all the way down to you know, anything that happened. There was a, it didn't seem like that there was any room for spontaneity, even though there seemed to be a tremendous amount of room for chaos, but it just seemed that everything was loaded up. So on that level, I think you could get aggravated in that. What could that mean? How do I decode this? So you got to watch that thing. But I'm going to have to maybe talk to Darren privately to figure out just exactly you know, why the floor had a bloody hole in it so many times. And we, you know, what was up with that? Was it ghosts? Were there ghosts? Was it something that's always happened in in yeah you know, in setting up a home? Is there like there's so many provocative things that you know I don't know. I have to assume that he knew what they meant in order to put them in there so intentionally, but uh, I will not dismiss it. I and I will I, I take issue I think with people that just the outwardly dismissed the film Mother. It's a it's a stunning f- film a bold film it um it's a it's a brain fucker and i think if you're you're looking to make sense if you're looking for it to make sense you're going in with the wrong expectation so there i watched it Uh, if 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 darren aronofsky is not mad at me for not having watched it when i set him up on this show then i will talk to him about it and i'll get back to you i'll get back to you about what we talked about so this morning i'd like to say that um I don't know what to tell you, man, you know, East coast, you know, we got, you know, our state, I think is still on fire and it seems like some of you guys are, you might get frozen and that's not even a joke. I don't even mean to tinge that with a tone of silliness. It's fucking going to be crazy the next few days on the East coast and uh, be careful. Do not get frostbite on your face just because you went out to get the mail. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, let's just deregulate everything and let the plundering begin because clearly there's no planetary problems. <laughs> Some guy gonna freeze on his way to his car. Some guy's gonna be scraping his windshield and just they're gonna find him frozen, scraping his windshield. But no, it's uh you know, this is normal. This is normal. This is a part of a cycle. Hannity says it's a it's a cycle. Happens every every once in a while. It was once as cold before, one time. Hannity says it's all right. Hannity says that's my new hook. Fuck it. All right, so I have Tanasi Coates here uh, a conversation I had with him, and as I said earlier on, this was uh this was uh this conversation was had before he took the uh beautifully courageous move of uh ejecting from uh the Twitter hellscape. uh so this is me. Talking to ta Coates, his new book is called We Were Eight Years in Power, An American Tragedy. It's a collection of essays written over the course of the Obama presidency and the first year of the Trump administration. You know, I'm enjoying reading the new book. I've not gotten all the way through it, but I loved uh, Between the World and Me. It just, it, it, it just opened my mind up to, to an empathy that I couldn't have understood because uh, there was no way for me to know you know personally and I talked to him about that but I, I thought that was a beautifully poetic book so this is uh me and Tanahasi Coates here in the garage yeah i, I uh, that's how I started interviewing people out of pure desperation and need to uh, to do something with my life huh yeah why are you looking into it
1: no, <laughs> no, I, I, um, one of the, um, unfortunate things about, uh, the kind of career transition I've had from, uh, from journalist to whatever the fuck this is right now. <laughs> um, what, what, well, what, what is it? I, I don't know. You do <laughs>
0: I don't, you don't know, know, but
1: I, I used to ask all the questions. People didn't ask me questions. I used to ask all the questions. Right. And I'm, I, I liked that a lot. It's,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a better position to be in. It is
1: a much better position to be
0: in. Yeah, because then you, you don't have to repeat yourself. Nope. Uh, you don't have to feel like uh, there's a lot in the
1: balance. You're always learning things.
0: Right you know Uh, about your it's good but the one thing about talking to people about yourself is occasionally you come upon something like ah, and i didn't i'd forgotten about that
1: that is true no that does happen but the person has to be good you know most of the time yeah
0: that's right (sighs) yeah but like you think out loud but like i can tell from reading your work you know you're you're a very poetic and thoughtful writer that -hmm. you work out a lot of this stuff on the page i do right you know i can see it yeah but when you talk for me i'm the opposite like if mm. I talk, you get me talking. Then I'll have moments where I'm like, "Oh, that's that's pretty good." Yeah, that I happens remember.
1: occasionally. That happens occasionally. We
0: think it through in conversation.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But mostly no. For me, it's the page. You're right.
0: Well, that's the relationship, right?
1: Yeah, that doesn't happen in comedy, does it?
0: What that? Uh, like
1: you hit upon something on stage.
0: Oh, all the time. That's why. Well, that's how I do it. Uh-huh. You know, that's the only way I can do it. It's a, in, in what I've grown to realize about it. Because some dudes write jokes. Some right. dudes write bits. Right. But I, I, I almost need to, I go up there with an idea that I know is funny, but I don't know how it becomes funnier. So if I go up with the idea that's funny enough, then maybe in that moment where I'm like, shit, you know, I got to make it like that moment where you're like, where can I take it one step funnier? It has to be delivered to me up there. Almost like I corner myself Got it. to get out of that got it. To, for that moment. And you don't know what it's going to be, but that's how, you know, you get the brain will take it. I, so you're not writing it down. Well, I, I do it through mem- you know, I, I do it through repetition. Yeah. Of so course. like you know, it's of sort of like I, I don't know why I do it that way. But I write my I wrote my books like that and I'm I'm not really a writer, but it mm-hmm. starts with and I worked with Christopher Jackson.
1: hmm Yeah, of course. That's my man. He's a great yeah. guy.
0: Yeah. He I he like he if if I hadn't had him for the last book and I don't like to write books. I didn't want to write the last mm-hmm. book. But attempting normal is that I you know, I I they wanted sixty thousand words. I had a bunch of transcripts of things I'd said. Yeah. I'd put some some essays together. It was a, a hodgepodge of shit. And I'm like, "Here's 90.
1: <laughs> but you know, I think he he does that though. He's pulling something together from Prince, I believe.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, for yeah, for really? Of,
1: it's like you know, Prince died. Like Prince was gonna write a book. I heard he, that. He, I heard he's dead. Right, <laughs> he died. <laughs> but he left all of this stuff. And oh, really? Yeah, they still want to do the book, so.
0: I think that it's it's rare to find an editor that does that kind of work, that does real editing, that I you know what I would do build him. a relationship with It's him.
1: hard to get that across to people because, and I have begun to suspect, like, I remember I used to listen to uh, people do, like, you know, like, say at the Academy Awards, right? right? And you wait up to see Best Picture. Yeah. And whoever wins, and then there are a bunch of people on stage, and you have no idea who they are. Right. And they thank all of these people. People yeah. in the business who say I could not have done it without this person. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "Fuck, you talking about? You're the thing." Yeah, but they're not the thing. Like now, I, I can see, and so it's and it's tough to convey, uh, uh, like when you're working with somebody who's not in the spotlight. like yeah. how much they did. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah it's
0: a, it's an interesting uh, <laughs> it's an interesting moment
2: mm-hmm.
0: where you know in your heart that someone deserves. Twenty five percent, right? Forty percent, right? Right, of the right. The credit, right? From- that's, so
1: <laughs> and, and, that's so true, and that's so true.
0: And a lot of times they'll let you off the hook. Mm-hmm. They're like, "That's
1: my job. I don't need that." Well, see, Chris doesn't want credit, right? He doesn't. Well, see, and that's right. one of the things he's going through right now. Like, I think what's happening is people are beginning to figure it out because it's not just me. It's like all these other people, right? Yeah. Who, and it's like, huh? Maybe we should. Be- and so now people are looking to him. Uh huh. Um, and. Uh, that bothers him <laughs> a little bit the people actually can see now like there's some people who like like they like the shot like yeah. i would be like if i were him don't talk yeah. about me i don't want to right you know what i mean yeah. i don't want because there are things that come with that right yeah you know it's not sure. just credit that's right. not the only thing that comes with it
0: and then like it could backfire then all of a sudden people start dismissing the genius that uh that's they, true
1: that's you know true. Like,
0: it ain't really that guy Right. right it's right, that right, guy right, who didn't right, want right. any credit
1: man you know i would take that right now i would take that he would not take that i would take that right now. you need a rest yeah i would take it in a minute i said yeah it was all him uh, well i mean it's it's it, but
0: that that relationship is well how did do, how does it work with you guys i mean it, yeah i mean because you put together did you put together all is all of the books with him mm-hmm. all three of them are with him oh really
1: and i mean he is uh in every case he was there from inception it has never been a case uh where i was like here's a book
0: so, you had like you had the deal in place, and then you sat down to talk with him about how you were going to put together- Before we had
1: the deal in place, in fact. So oh, yeah. So, the first, first thing, I I started with Chris in 2000, and I had two, three, something like that, and-
0: From where? How did he know you? From the Atlantic?
1: From yeah, well, no, it was way, way before that. It's uh-huh. crazy. It's been a long time, man. He, um, I got an agent yeah. in, in New York, and the agent said to me, there's a guy, Chris Jackson, and this was probably like 2001-
0: so he wasn't even at where, at, uh, no, at the-
1: Random House. Pen, no. Random, no, uh, nope. I don't, I don't know. I guess he would have been crowned. Oh, really? And this is like, I don't know, 16, 17 years ago.
0: Are you guys about the same age or is uh, he older? Yeah,
1: slightly older. Yeah not, yeah, not much, but a few years older. Right. So he was still a relatively young editor at that time. And um, she said, you know, you should meet this guy and you should also write a, a book proposal. So I wrote a book proposal for a dumb idea.
0: What was that? Oh, I'm embarrassed to say. Come on, do it. It's the early. So I, days. I grew up and I
1: had um I was like enthralled with these guys like Peter Garal, Nick. You ever read him?
0: Sure, the music writer. Yeah,
1: music yeah. writer. And he did this book, Sweet Soul Music. And I, I, I love those histories of, you know, he's oh, one yeah, of he histories of music. He did Elvis. He did, he did Elvis. Did he yeah. do the Robert Johnson book too? He might have. He might have done Robert Johnson too.
0: A smaller book. The yeah. Elvis book's like a massive
1: book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it might be two volumes. Yeah, it, may- it might be two volumes, <laughs> I think. He has a lot of Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah two volumes so he wrote a
0: book about uh he wrote a soul music it's
1: incredible it's a book sweet soul music that i really loved Uh and you know other people who've done books like that this dude robert Palmer, this book deep blues that i love um and i wanted to do something like that that was like a huge influence on me at the time i was writing a lot about music Music? yeah so i wanted to do something like that for hip-hop and i you know wrote a, a proposal for it which wasn't very good and i was not Cable was a right of doing it at the time.
0: It's a lot to manage. A it's, history. A lot. it's a lot. And Chris yeah. knew
1: it, so he declined it along with everybody else. Oof. But Gloria was like, but you still should meet this guy. And at yeah. this point I was like struggling. I had no How old were you? Uh I would have been twenty six, twenty seven, something like that.
0: So this is uh you you were you, you didn't have you weren't what were you doing?
1: Uh I was freelance writing and if I made five thousand dollars in a year, that was a great year.
0: So you were really you didn't know what you can do?
1: No. No, no, no. I mean I, all I had was writing. That was all I knew how yeah, to do. Right. You know, I dropped out of college. I had a, a one year old son and I had a wife who basically was my you know, my girlfriend at the time. But uh-huh. um she was working and making most of the money and uh-huh. I I had no ability to contribute anything really in terms of finances.
0: So you didn't feel great? I felt horrible. That's <laughs> yeah. horrible, man. How are you going to turn this around?
1: I, you know, I want to. I often want to like write about like what happens when people come to New York uh-huh. to strike it big or to you know see their dreams. And that first year when New York just runs over you and you got to get it figured out, and that is an ugly period.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's a. It if anyone goes anywhere, to, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever that, because you know, it's here too, you know, LA too, mm-hmm. right? You know, not, not many people are going to St. Louis, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Baltimore. Yeah, Atlanta, yeah. yeah right All right, I am to make it. I to make it uh, big in St. Louis. Yeah. But but yeah, because you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know how it works, right? If you and if you're going in blind, really, right. with one guy's phone number, right. You don't know what that means, right. and you you're hanging everything on that phone right. number,
1: right? 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 And, and that get, was how it was. <laughs> Right. That was how I was. That was how I came in. And so we, um, so I, you know, she, you know, after the proposal got declined, you know, and I was like, geez, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And she was like, you know, you should, you should sit and talk with him, now. Yeah. Like, y'all should meet. I mean, I know he said no, yeah. but you should actually sit and talk with him. Um, so we did. We had lunch, and I started talking about my dad. And he said, well, you know, there might be a book there. And that eventually, years later, became my first book, Beautiful Struggle. Right. And, you know, we put a lot of work into that. Um, so so the, that
0: relationship became like a friendship and an editorial yeah, relationship. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, that was yeah, like, yeah. what, four
1: years putting that book together? Yeah, basically. And from, you know, idea to proposal, and writing a proposal was the hardest thing in the it's world. the worst. my God. Oh, it was terrible. It's terrible.
0: What, do you, what did you have to do? Pitch the book, then write a chapter or two?
1: It was could... writing the chapter that was hard because, and that was such at a crucial point in my life because. I could hear the writer I wanted it to become, and I knew what it sounded like, and I could not do it.
0: What did it sound like?
1: It sounded a lot like I am now. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it sounded a lot like Between the World and Me. It didn't even sound like Beautiful Struggle. It sounded a lot like Between the World and Me. So
0: it's sort me. of uh, um, uh, an incisive mixture of of reporting and poetry. There you
1: go. And I knew that, and I knew yeah. that, and I knew that. I had, you know, been I had been a reporter early on while I was in college. I had, you know, been a poet early. On. I was thinking about getting my MFA in poetry. Yeah. Um, I loved history. All of that was in there. Yeah. Um, I knew that I wanted to be able to pull from all sorts of, from pop culture to wherever. You yeah. know, I wanted to be able to pull on whatever I thought was interesting. And it just wasn't <laughs> meshing. And I was trying to write it. And so I, and this is the thing, I always tell young writers that I know it may not be where um, you want it to be, but you have to do the thing anyway. You have to put it on the page. You have to go through that frustration. Sure. And even if it's not quite measuring up, like you gotta turn it in, you gotta you gotta send it, you, ha- you must. You, you must. gotta finish it. Yeah, you got you gotta finish. <laughs> yeah. You gotta do the best you can, and then. And when I turned in, it, was the best I could. I didn't like it at all.
0: Your first uh, book.
1: First book. Well, what, what was for it? That first chapter. Yeah. Oh, the fir- for first for the proposal. Chapter, for the proposal. So wait,
0: but usually when when you're in that mode and you're, you're you got that opportunity and you and you want to write a certain way, but you're not writing a certain way. Did you find yourself writing like somebody else? Could you identify what was happening on the page that you had to change? No, you just didn't feel it.
1: I just didn't. I just didn't feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just didn't feel it. And. But you know what I did? So, I, but I got the contract somehow. Anyway, yeah, you know, right. he said, "Okay, yeah, yeah, I think this works," and I got the contract. And when I went to write the book, um, I reread the first chapter El Doctoro's Ragtime. Really? Yeah. And I was like, I think it's kind of like this.
0: That was the book. Yeah. That was the model.
1: Yeah, and and Ragtime begins with him just talking about where his family, the, the characters' family, lived. You know, in New Jersey. And I tried to do that about West Baltimore. Like I just said, okay, I'm just gonna write. Here's where I live. Right, and I'm that just... was from the point of view of the
0: piano player. Who?
1: who, uh, is, who no, the... it's uh, uh, it's not clear who's talking. Right. <laughs> it's not clear who the narrator right. is. Right. But it's the, it starts with the family, little brother. Right. You know, younger yeah, yeah. brother. Da, da da da. You know, mother, father. It just starts with different. So I said, okay, I'm just gonna start with. You know, uh, I grew up and when I was nine years old, I, nine years old, I lived in this house, West Baltimore. Da, da da. And I'm just gonna do that. And I was like, oh, that feels easy. But of course, as it happens, whenever something, that's not the actual beginning though. So I did that and that got me writing. Yeah. But what happened was I wrote my way into the beginning and then right. ended up lopping all of that off.
0: Off. Totally.
1: Yeah. 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 But you need kinda, that. Sure. You know, kind of,
0: you got to get yourself into the environment, get right. yourself into the place again. Right. And then all of a sudden, you, as you move through the words, you're like, ah, oh, there's the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what happened. And but that yeah.
1: happens so much.
0: Yeah. But The discovery.
1: But you don't know it. When you're young, and so you think you're wasting your time, you know, but you're not.
0: And also, I think when you're young, some part of you thinks of it as a business. That's right. Right. And, you know, like, you know, there's money. I'm going to, you know, I got to make a book that sells books. And, you you know, you don't, it's a, I think there's two kinds of people. They go into it like that, or they go into it like, well, I'm an artist and I'm never going to, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to get me. Or they, but that's a different world, really. I mean, my buddy's a a novelist. Uh And that's, you know, that's a whole different racket in in a way than reporting or memoir or essays.
1: I, um, was prepared for this book to fail, which it did. Um, but I Most really, really wanted do. to succeed. Most books do, man. <laughs> it's a tough racket. That's that's what it is what it is. Yeah, you it know, is. it is what it is. So I was I was prepared for this to do nothing.
0: The hey, first book. The first book, yeah yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't hugely disappointed right when it didn't.
0: Well that's good because like if you don't feel like you were where you needed to be, fuck it. If it, that's the know, other thing. You know, like it's like all right it's out
1: there. You yeah, know, I, 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 you know, I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah, no, no, but I, I wasn't. could do better. I could do better. Right? And I got the yeah, practice yeah, in, I've been yeah. through the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think what it did though was it gave me like um legitimacy or yeah. you write a book and suddenly you are oh sure something. right yeah, yeah, you know what I mean yeah you
0: got a hardback and then you got a paperback there you go and then they offer you the fu- t- thousand hardbacks they can't sell before right, exactly. they throw them in the garbage and that's what
1: happened that's exactly what happened <laughs> You got any? You got, you want a thousand hardbacks? Yeah, and why don't you stick those in your garage? A buck somewhere? a piece? You yeah, want them? That's exactly what happened. Did that's you exactly take them? I did take them. I did <laughs> take did, them. Did. Yeah, i sure enough took them. You got, I was <laughs> proud of that book, man, even though it did nothing. Like, I was like, wow. You know, and I was proud of myself for actually having written a book. Like, I was like, I, I could actually do this. Like, but, they,
0: but did that book must have put your, your, your sense of self in perspective? I mean, that was the yeah. type of book that it was.
1: It made me, f- I think, before then, before that book. Yeah. I was dogged by this persistent feeling that I was destined for failure. And I I just, I couldn't do anything. Like, I had no ability to match skills. See, I grew up in this household and really in this neighborhood where it was felt that there was no model really for somebody screwing up in school, dropping (laughs) out of college, and then becoming something.
2: Yeah, unless you're like is, a what, basketball
1: player or like an entertainer, rapper, right. or something like that.
0: There's no model for oh, oh, so the the idea of like actually getting to college and then right. putting the time in, right. and then bailing. No, it's like this it didn't happen. No, no. It doesn't happen.
1: No, there was no model for that.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you you were the uh, the you were the precedent.
1: I was, I was, <laughs> I was, and it scared the hell out of my parents, and it scared the hell out of me
0: because they didn't know why you didn't finish school.
1: No, they thought, and and. Not only did they not know, what they knew why I didn't finish school because they had been struggling with me all those years before. But I think like it just, you know, when, when you're black and from Baltimore in that period of time. 80s? It, yeah, 80s and early 90s. And people just get lost. And horrible things happen to people who don't do good at school. Yeah. Awful, awful things. And so
0: because the the streets and the it. it just takes That's you it. in and it's just
1: lack of opportunity you know yeah. it's just what, sure. else, what right. else you're gonna end up doing yeah you know?
0: what's the, uh yeah, you know, you're gonna find a hustle right. Right. right 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 yeah
1: and so um so they
0: were worried about you
1: they were worried they were worried. now by that point by the book came by the time the book came out I, that was not gonna happen but,
0: but, right know? but i mean but but like by the by the time you get through four years of college how many did you do
1: Man, I think I was in and out of college for like six years.
0: So like, I mean, the idea that you were going to come back to the neighborhood and start selling crack was not...
1: No, I wasn't going to do that. (laughs) That wasn't going to happen. I wasn't going to do that. But then now you enter into just the sort of disasters that happen to adults, period. Right. You know, maybe you'll become an alcoholic. Maybe you'll become a drug addict. Or a shitty job. You know, yes, 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 yes. I mean, when I came to New York, I was delivering food.
0: Yeah, but the alcohol and drug addict, that would have revealed itself before. I guess it would have. Yeah, you would. I you, guess it would. You weren't destined for that. You just thought yeah. you were destined for failure, yeah. sadness. Yeah, a yeah. lot of sadness. The, the guy who uh, you know, who just you know, has, is delivering food, and right. in his right. heart he knows he's a genius. Mm-hmm. That's the worst character.
1: But the thing is, I didn't know I was a genius. Like I didn't have that. I didn't even have that. But you know what was cool about that? The cool thing was, I developed a self-esteem out of a couple of really, really hard things. I knew I was a good father and I knew I was a good partner. I knew I was very, very good.
0: Those are important things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: To those two people in my life. But I didn't understand that, like how, see there's, like when we think about lying to people or not being good to people, we think about the harm we do to them, but we don't think about the harm we do to ourselves. Like we're telling ourselves who we are. Yeah, You know, and if you lie to people repeatedly, you can often find it hard to actually trust yourself.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, oh, like, am I uh, trust yourself in like the that's sense? That's who that... I am. I'm a right. liar. Right. I'm a liar. That's, right. that's
1: what I do. So if right. I, you know, this becomes crucial when it becomes time to make promises to yourself.
0: Right. And also like when you live in that, you've insulated yourself into a bunch of relationships that aren't founded in reality. That's Right.
1: That's right. So you're sort of floating. That's exactly it. That's exactly. So I wasn't floating. Good. I wasn't. I wasn't grounded. Yeah. I wasn't. I didn't have much, you know, in terms of money, finances, that. But I was. I was. You know, I had, you know, a a pretty clear relationship. You know, uh, with my wife, I had a pretty clear relationship with my son.
0: And those are rewarding things, and 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 substantial, and nurturing, and good. Good for the heart and mind. They are.
1: They are. They are. Yeah. And it. Became crucial much much later when you know I actually did have you know some amount of success yeah uh, because I, I knew who I was right you know I I was very very clear on who I was yeah yeah um,
0: yeah so th- that 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 stops you from getting away from yourself
1: it's true it's true it's true I mean I you know and I've said this a couple times in interviews but after really after between the world and me I had a r- new appreciation. For athletes and entertainers. Yeah. Because for so many of them, it happens young and, you know, I got point oh 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 one percent of what those guys get. Yeah. And it was a struggle for me. And had I not had that foundation and had I been, say, 20, 21, I have no idea who I would have been. Yeah. I have no idea who no, I would have
0: No, sometimes been. it's good to take the hits and then, uh, you know, get it when you can <laughs> handle it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I got it when I was in my mid-40s. Uh-huh. <laughs> like,
1: and how would you have handled it at 21?
0: It wouldn't have been good because I was fundamentally insecure. So I don't mm-hmm. really know, you know, what would have happened or whether I was mm-hmm. really ready for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've seen it happen to people. You know, a lot of people get it too early. They go up and then they go down and then they disappear or they fight it out and they come back mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I remember when, like, Bill Burr, Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. like, they got it and then it didn't happen, Mm -hmm. and then they had to go back, Mm -hmm. and then they had to come back again, and work, I don't know if I had the come back again thing. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly (laughs) what you mean. But uh, it sort of was a very slow build, and it happened in a very unorthodox way. But when did you, when did the writing start, you you really, really, when did you start getting consumed with that? How old were you?
1: Always, I mean, for as long as I can remember. So when you were a little kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I probably learned to read when I was like four.
0: Is that normal or is that good?
1: Uh, I've decided that it doesn't much matter because uh, my son learned to read much later. He actually learned to read when he was seven. So you're not
0: going to take any points for... No, no,
1: no. And he reads much quicker than I do. Yeah. You know, he learned later. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he's a much better reader. Um, So I don't think it means... It only means something in the sense that in terms of like memory, like my memory of myself is always of someone reading.
0: Well, maybe there was an urgency to it.
1: Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I, I grew up in this household where that was really important. Yeah. You know, uh, where reading and literacy was like a big, big deal. Oh,
0: because your old man was a, a he had a, a press, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he did.
1: He did, he did. And he was, a uh, you know, at that point, he's a research librarian. And he had been reading for as long as he could remember, Uh uh-huh. you know. And so, and my mom was a teacher. And so, obviously, it was important there. What grade did she teach? She taught special ed. And so, a lot of times, there would be like combinations of, you know, different levels of students. Uh-huh. You know, um but she was they both were just really, really huge in terms of, you know, like gotta gotta read, gotta read. And the good thing about my, my household was they weren't dismissive Of reading weird things like so, it wasn't like oh, comic books are not real books. (laughs) Yeah, like I didn't grow up with that. Yeah, you know, or you're reading. I read a lot of fantasy when I was a kid. You know, that's not real. You need to go read this.
0: Oh yeah, you were like a fantasy kid. I was. I was. I was. (laughs) Comic books.
1: Yeah, all of that stuff, man. I I loved that stuff as a kid. Like
0: full on, like you're like a full on nerd
1: guy. I was. I was. Except I wasn't because I didn't know what that was.
0: Well, no one knew what it was then. I didn't know what that was. Like that that didn't
1: have. In retrospect, that's what I was. But there was no. Group of people like that. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there was no, and I liked everything else, everybody else. Like, I yeah. liked basketball. I sure. liked, like, I didn't like hate sports or anything. So, I didn't really have a, it was right. only later when people put a name on it. I well, said, no, oh, yeah, right. That was but, but it, well,
0: back in the day, you had to find those three guys. Yes. They yeah, are the two guys. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. it was like they, they used to be a small huddle. Yeah. yeah it was yeah, before yeah. it was like a, a, a way of being that was, ex- uh, like, uh, sellable and acceptable. Well, so
1: for me, it was even worse because there was no one at my school. Well, oh, you know it's different though, because like comic, there were a lot of kids that like comic books, a sure, lot. Sure, sure. There were a lot of young boys that like yeah, comic books, yeah. so that was not so isolated in terms of fantasy. It was like my older brother, and that was it. But okay, it was like this is a weird thing that we're into, and
0: your older brother was into it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my older brother Malik. Y'all, yeah.
0: How many brothers sisters you have?
1: I have uh, six total. uh uh-huh. six total. You know, I got uh, four brothers, two sisters.
0: Yeah, and you have good relationships with everybody.
1: Yeah, um, and considerably better than it probably should be on paper <laughs> uh, <laughs> why is that Why well, is four different mothers yeah man. i mean so I, that you would think that would just be the seeds of all sorts of bad shit but how
0: know? did how did you grow up like with, with i grew up um so i, like I grew with, up with, with, with were they everyone around
1: yeah yeah i mean basically yeah i grew up, i grew up in um with my mom and my dad <laughs> yeah um and they had different mothers but they would come live there at different points the other
0: kids yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so everyone's uh, coming through that's yeah.
1: that's exactly and the way it worthless if you fucked up at your mom's house you had to come live with my dad that was i'm sending you to your dad's.
0: so he accepted the responsibility
1: oh that was like uh who he was yeah i was like his essence that was his identity oh yeah yeah you know he, i was talking to him one time you know so he comes out you know he was in the panther party and you know he had all these you know sort of radical associates and so folks you know coming out of 60s would do things like you know disappear from the country and be gone for like 20 years he was talking about this one guy <laughs> he had gone to zimbabwe or whatever do yeah right and the guy had a kid here yeah. that he didn't see for like eighteen years. And so I, I said to dad, you know, who had had his own troubles the said, could that ever have been you? He said, No, nah, I had to see my kids. Yeah. I had to see my kids. Uh huh. You know, I just don't have that. Whatever that is that right. allows you to be a part. I, I don't have that. So no, it was his kids were a huge part of his identity.
0: Oh. So um, so everybody was always around. Or he was going out to see them, or were they, everyone in the it neighborhood? To
1: him, I think if it were up to him, and he had had the space, he would have had them all at the house.
0: Yeah, with the women, with the mothers?
1: Probably so, with the (laughs) mothers.
0: Probably so. (laughs) That would be commune.
1: Yeah, but it was never a thing where it was like, oh, shit, I got to deal with my son. Right. That was not him.
0: Well, that's maybe where you picked it up. Probably so. Right?
1: Yeah, probably so. I mean, what I got from him was... I mean, it's not even so much that it was a privilege. It was like a defining part of who you are. Yeah, you know what? If what am I, if not father to these kids?
0: Right, you know what I mean. Well, not everybody thinks that way. No, and oh, it's no. sort of astounding uh, when it I, uh, you know, uh, when I when I sort of think about it. Like even like I don't have any kids because I I knew I was uh, too selfish and too panicky, and you know, mm. <laughs> and I never I I, I don't you know might what have it was.
1: changed you though. It might have I know change, I I though. I hear that you know. So I can tell you this: like before my son was born. I think he actually saved me in many ways. I think I was very capable of doing a lot of horrible things to myself and yeah. putting myself in a uh, situation that I should not have been in. But when it became- To what end? Like, uh, like what are you talking Uh about? Go out and you know do whatever the fuck I want. Right. You know what I mean? But you weren't uh,
0: self-destructive, really, were you?
1: I wouldn't have thought about it that way, but I think I was open to all sorts of things oh, yeah. as a young person. But I, but Samari was born when I was twenty four, right? And so always in the back of my head was, mm. if something happens to you, it will hurt these people over here. Yeah. But absent that, I mean, who knows what I would have done? Right. I almost because at that point I didn't have regard for myself. <laughs> right. Like I didn't had I had much more regard for my son and my wife than I had for myself. But you didn't
0: hate yourself. You were just disappointed or no,
1: something. No, it's just like, if I, you know, okay, whatever. I mean, it was just like, they felt innocent to me. Yeah. In a way that I didn't feel innocent to myself. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, like, they, you know, okay, well, whatever happens to you, that's cool, but you can't hurt them. I mean, right. they didn't ask for this. They yeah. didn't ask for you to, you know, go out and do whatever and end up in some sort of situation. So was it
0: that you were, like, hard on yourself for not living up to something or just...
1: Yeah, that was a huge part of it. And I just didn't have much, um, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't have much regard, yeah, for myself. I didn't think about, for instance, something bad happening to me in relation to me. It's only recently that I've started thinking like that.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. What do you mean?
1: Like, I think about like, what if something happened? Oh, and all right. the work that I want to, like, all the ideas I have in my head, I don't get to, you know, do them. Oh, oh that'd be horrible. <laughs> right. But I didn't have any of that as a young person.
0: Yeah, maybe I had less ideas.
1: Well, I had the ideas, <laughs> but I didn't think I was going to get to do them anyway. So who cares? <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> So you know, I wonder what that is, though, you know? I mean, like, your 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 dad seems like he had his, you know, he was doing shit. Yeah, he was. And your mom?
1: My mom was on How it. did your
0: mom handle all those kids of different peoples?
1: Uh, Well, my mom, um, and it'd be interesting to think about why. My mom has a tremendous giving spirit. Yeah. And she just took it on. Folks came into the house, and she just took it on so like I had a deep, deep commitment to children, yeah, in general, and that I think is reflected in you know why she became a special ed teacher. Sure, you know, um, my mom also has this thing, and I don't know why again, but for people who seem to be dismissed, yeah, and like, my mom started a scholarship in her mother's name yeah. for C students at the school she's at now. Huh? Like you gotta have a you gotta be a C student like,
0: <laughs> to get the scholarship. <laughs> Give the C students, yeah, yeah. give them a little something. Yeah, because they, they people just...
1: overlook C students because yeah. she's like, listen, you know, just because you got to see, I don't mean, you know, you you are not, you know, filled with, you know, potential, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know. So the scholarship is for. So you had this thing for people who she feels like don't look good on paper or are dismissed or yeah, you know, what I mean, may not be X, Y, and Z or may uh-huh. not look like X, Y, and Z, you know. And she she you know, I don't know what that is. I guess it probably reflects something in her own biography.
0: Well, but, it's, not, it's not a bad thing no you, it's you, not a bad you, thing it's just you, interesting to you think shouldn't why. talk about it like a pathology you no, know, like, no 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 oh, <laughs> She just
1: nice to everybody <laughs> the oh, hell is our problem is <laughs> all these A <ace> students around <laughs> <laughs> it's how these c <DC laughs> students <laughs> uh,
0: uh, that's pretty amazing yeah but uh so the you know, yeah so what were your comic books when you were a kid which Oh one?
1: man i loved spider-man and x-men yeah oh jesus christ
0: it's I like I read comic books for a little while like, when I was much older, and wow. you know, I, I think you know, I liked them for a couple of years, but I didn't yeah, do it yeah. when I was a kid, I yeah. did it later. Like, uh-huh. I, I liked the Swamp Thing and Hellblazer, Sandman, yeah. uh, was, was where I came into them, yeah. was like Hellblazer. Well, I was those like, are
1: comic mature stuff. comic
0: books, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah, those are yeah. Not yeah. I didn't read them as entertainment when I was a kid, but I have yeah. a brain, like, yeah, I, either you can lock in or you can't. The yeah. comic books, I don't yeah. know, it's a weird mind that yeah, can yeah, do yeah, it. Did you like because, like, when I read them, like, I tend to just i move fast and there's so much art there but i'm still moving fast right like i don't notice the art as much as i should i don't know why that is huh. but like i read the narrative and it's all there it's all in yeah, front yeah. of me and i know it's going in but maybe but, you
1: are noticing it
0: you are yeah but yeah, there's noticing. some of them you, you sort of like especially now you kind of like you, you want to stop and like holy yeah. shit man that's yeah, yeah. nice Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're writing them now right
1: I
2: am.
0: I am so that like on some level that must be the greatest thing in the world
1: uh, my inner 12 year old is like blown away, <laughs> just completely fucking blown away. You know? Yeah. Um, no, I, I enjoy it. I mean, it's like- Black Panther? Yeah. 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 It's like playing with toys. Like, what?
0: Well, now, you know? did you, did they, did you kind of, uh, were you part of reinventing that character or pulling the character off the- No
1: nah, I think he was pretty well reinvented by the time I got to him. Had, um, had
0: he been running for decades?
1: He had, he had, he, you know, I've been running since the sixties and this guy, Christopher priest, uh, who's a great comic book writer had really made him like cool and yeah. hip and, you know, so that by the time I got, I got to him, he was pretty well, yeah, you know, formed. If anything, I kind of felt like I wanted to go in the other way.
0: Did you read him when you were a kid?
1: Uh, no. Cause he didn't have an ongoing when I was a kid, oh. you know, he just appeared in other people's stuff. So I saw him that way, you know, yeah. occasionally. But um no I I wanted to go in the other way like I felt like he had become basically Shaft yeah you know what I mean like he was just you know black dude didn't take shit you know whip your ass da 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 and I was yeah. more interested in his vulnerabilities yeah and the, the the chinks and the you know and the armor and the, you know etc yeah you know that that sort of thing
0: did you were you able to do that
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah 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 no it um it 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 has been um. I just love it. It's a ball uh, yeah. and I love it when the script is done and you can see it and it's all you know, come together. Um, How many have
0: you done a, a, as of now?
1: So uh, I just literally finished my 24th script, but uh, we probably are on number 16, I think, or 17. I can't, I can't uh-huh. remember in uh-huh. terms of what's out. Yeah. In terms of what I, what I turned in, I just finished like my 24th. So what compelled you
0: to, like, to, to reassess? The, you, you thought the character was too one dimensional. In a way. A stereotype, maybe.
1: So here's the thing. Um there is a thing in comic books and in pop culture at uh-huh. large where black audiences feel like they want to see a black character who is the badass kicking the shit out of people. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, because that comes against the backdrop of a lot of black characters being sort of passive and sidekicks and that and that sort of thing. You know, it's the black exploitation impulse.
0: Right. It's a strong the desire 70s, to see that yeah. Sixties, seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. like
1: as a you know, like I think different um like you probably can see a lot of this across the board in terms of ethnic communities. I know, you know, the Jewish community kind of, you know, has gone through this from time to time where, you know, we don't want to be portrayed like these, you know, accountant dweebs or, or yeah. whatever. You know, we want, we got tough guys too. Yeah,
0: yeah we, we got some Jewish gangsters.
1: Right, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it though. Sure. That's exactly sure. it. Some you know? Jewish
0: uh, badasses. Right,
1: right, right. And I know an Asian American community has gone through that, you know, with yeah. this idea of the male being, you know, sort of this wimp, you know, right. the exact same sort of thing. So I think... Black Panther was sort of, at least as you know, he had been written in the last twenty years, was very much a reaction. Well, that, well, actually, that, you know, hey, yeah. here's the badass dude that's gonna yeah. tell you, you know, what the fuck is up. Yeah. But that's interesting and you know, entertaining to read. Yeah. But I actually think that reaction deprives characters of their humanity. Uh huh. Like, okay, what if we accepted? yeah, all right, we got some badass, kick-ass people. Right. You know, yes, we can do that. Yeah. And then we proceeded from there. In other words, not having to prove something to ourselves. Right. Not having to model anything. Not having to say, hey, we got Jewish gangsters. Yeah. Like, we just think, yeah, yeah. okay, all right, yeah, 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 that's yeah. true. Now, what's interesting? Right. You know, and this became interesting. The badassness became the floor as opposed to the goal. Right. You know, and then yeah. I, I just felt like that opened me up to to being able to ask all sorts of other questions.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, how would this guy handle an emotional situation? Yeah,
1: well, I mean... Or, like, a,
0: a personally challenging Yeah, situation? I
1: mean, what well, I think about comic books is what you do when you start writing is you go and you read all the, the back issues and you get insight. And I guess actors do the same thing, right? Like, you try to get insight. Like, you take a part in a movie, you yeah. try to get you know your particular insight into this character. And the insight I found was, okay, this guy was king of the, you know, this mythical, perfect African kingdom. Yeah. But he was always going off to, like, with the avengers and do all the sorts of shit that kings want, cannot to, do
0: didn't want to stay home
1: there you go that's exactly <laughs> it and he had never dated a woman from his home country
0: uh-huh
1: you know what i mean and so it came upon me that maybe <laughs> what's this, he avoiding right what's he avoiding <laughs> maybe he don't like being king actually yeah. uh-huh. you know what i mean right like maybe he actually does not enjoy and that became interesting to me like maybe he feels a responsibility to be king but if he had his druthers this was not what he would be doing uh-huh. You know, he would be shooting across the universe doing X, Y, and Z. So uh-huh. He wouldn't be here. You know, being a king is fucking boring. I mean, you got all these reports you got to sift through and uh-huh. you got to, you know, deal with your ministers. And yeah. I mean, come on, this guy's a, lot a of superhero. Responsibility. He's right. a superhero. Re- right. Yeah, he's a superhero. <laughs> you know, he wants to say to well, sit here and look at your economic reports. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Does his kingdom know that he's a superhero?
1: They do, but those two things are always in conflict. Right. They're, they're always in conflict because he, he's not here. There are yeah. coups that are always, you know, in the comic book, like there are coups that happen because he's not, he's not there. Yeah. You know, um, there's always trouble in the but kingdom. But is he not
0: allowed to lose his, use his superhero-ness in his kingdom?
1: He is allowed to use his superhero in his kingdom, but uh, like if you're a king, yeah, your loyalty, if you're a king and the only thing that allows you, that, if your source of your power is only I will beat the shit out of you. Yeah. You actually are a weak king. Right. Like, you have the sources of legitimacy sure. that are beyond, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> right. just strength. Yeah, right? so
0: you to be just a strong man.
1: Right. And then you're just a strong man. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. It was actually a weak a weak form of government. Yeah. So, it isn't even so much that he couldn't use his superhero power. It's that how does he inspire loyalty?
0: Uh huh. If he's just an asshole or a bat. Or, or, a,
1: or if he doesn't like being king. Uh, like, how does yeah. he inspire loyalty to the throne if he doesn't like being king? Right you know and so these were the thoughts these were the thoughts yeah and that would be the struggle yeah that would be the struggle
0: well
2: do
0: <laughs> you see anything in, in your own life that's like that
1: <laughs> see that's interesting yeah Um, yeah. so I started writing Black Panther yup right about the time Between the World and Me came out yeah and it was right about the time that I began to feel like people were putting a crown on me.
0: Yeah. And also with those expectations. Yes. Uh Yes.
1: Yes. That I was not interested in. And I wouldn't say the occupation of a writer is like a superhero, Yeah, but you get to travel quite a bit. You get to ask interesting questions, Uh you get to meet all sorts of people. Uh Um, It's independent. You decide what's interesting to you. People don't tell you what you should be doing. And increasingly, there was a public presence that was saying, "You should be doing this. You should be looking at this. You should be able to answer this." And it would be shit that I had no idea about, and sometimes no interest in at all.
0: So, like, so you became like, what is the world of those questions? The world of the questions of race,
1: like Uh, that. You know (laughs) that they
0: wanted you to become an authority. On on dealing with yeah
1: that probably was the most troublesome aspect of it but interesting enough not even li- li- not even limited to that
0: yeah like what else not
1: even limited to that <laughs> like Tanahasi you lived for you you know you're very interested in, in French and France can you give us some perspective on the politics of that country <laughs> you know and so you would say yes you should be able to do that because you're interested in it you sure. lived there you know for for a period of time but in fact no like I've lived in the United States for forty years. <laughs> I've been yeah. asking myself th- these questions about American politics since, you know, I was in middle school. Yeah. So, no, I can't give insight on France like that. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. yeah. I just I just can't. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Um, it's out of your wheelhouse.
1: Way out of my... It's just something I'm interested in.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. something right.
1: like almost... Because I, re- I read the
0: book, and like I think that's when we I, I was we first started like or we talked on Twitter. Because mm-hmm. after that book, you went to France. I don't know what the timeline is, but I know that we were we were talking about doing this. Right, but you were you were going to France. But when I read the book, I for me uh, that book because of the poetics of it and because of the uh, the emotion of it and the connectivity to you know yourself and you know your experience and the thoughts and actions behind it like i i experienced something like it it opened my mind
2: hmm.
0: right hmm. so you know but in in the sense that like it was a personal story mm-hmm. and i there's there, was, there were, when i was reading it, i was like oh man i never thought about that what hmm. it, it, but i have an empathy deficit sometimes hmm. because i'm a selfish person
2: hmm. Hmm.
0: so like it's not just about like i talked about this the other day in relation to women too it's that mm-hmm. when you're selfish or self involved mm-hmm you know you seem that you don't have you you seem to be one of these people that naturally maybe because of your mom uh,
1: no 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 i i i think that it is very i think you can have a kind of declarative sympathy yeah but i actually think one of the great things that art and journalism do is they can put you there right so Take this post Weinstein moment we're in right now. Yeah. If you had said to me sexual harassment is a huge problem in the workplace, I would have agreed. I was, yeah, that's probably you woman know, women. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's probably true. And I'm not. I'm not like ah, that's not a problem. Right. I didn't know it was like this. Right. I, I like I didn't like you when when you read this. No, this is what actually happened. These right. are the stories. This dude held me down and did X, Y, and Z. I was just trying to, you know, go to work and this dude was telling me I should be wearing tight dresses. Yeah. Like that. Then it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Like yeah. sexual harassment is almost like a euphemism for what you're actually, I didn't have that.
0: Expected to, to put up with.
1: Right. Yeah. I didn't, I can't say I had that, that sort of, you know, no matter That how,
0: sensitivity to it. No. Right.
1: No, no. How, and how can you? Right. How, can you? how well, that's, can you? Well, that's how I
0: felt when, when I read your book about just the simple elements of mm-hmm. the black experience. It mm-hmm. was <laughs> like mm-hmm. going on an elevator. Right. right. Whatever. like, right. And of course it makes sense. And right. why wouldn't I have thought that? Well, why would I have? But why would you have? Why would you have? Why
1: Why would anyone? Right. Why would anyone? Unless you're in it and forced to think about it in a, in a, in a particular deep way, um, you can't. I mean, you can't, you know, and that, as I said, you know, the past month has really, really clarified that because, you know, when the book came out, I would like get frustrated, you know, uh, to some extent, you know, with um the way masses of white people read the book. Mm-hmm. um,
0: Which is, if well, you're generalizing, how?
1: Yeah, like, oh, you're going to interpret this experience for me. Um, and then, you know, what I really realized, again, over the past month is, No, somebody does. Like you, do need interpreters. You do. That's a valuable role because there are people who will never live in the world that you're living in ever. Right. And what would you have them like not know at all? Like, is that what you want? Do you want them to be completely ignorant of that? I mean, what, what, like, what, what are you, what are you asking for here?
0: So you're accepting the role of uh, of of interpreter to some degree.
1: <laughs> uh, what I mean, what is writing if you're not though? I guess I mean, what, so, you I mean, even for other black people, you're interpreting. I no, mean, absolutely.
0: It, but are. I guess. But I, I guess the, the thing is, is that you're already doing that. But but it, because of the nature of the conversation about race, you're put in a position, Ooh, God. right? Ugh. What is it happening? Am I doing something? No, it
1: just grates so, on me thinking about it. But I mean, I, you are following the natural logic of what I just said.
0: That that you don't want that. You know, you did the work. Now you do your part. That's what I want you to go over there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> go over there. Leave me alone.
0: <laughs> you got the book? Yeah, <laughs> You're fine. Get out of here. Work on Get it. Get out of here.
1: I mean imagine like you do your 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 stand up, right? Yeah. And you really like you like you you, you love your stand. Yeah. It's not like you're you're proud of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're proud yeah, of yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Like people... Most of the time.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, let's take a, let's take one, I don't know, particular, you know, tour you do a one particular act. The last one special night. I
0: did. The last special I did I liked. It was okay. the best thing I
2: did. Okay. Yeah.
1: What if people repeatedly came to you and asked you to explain it, and talk about it, and you know what I mean? Like you had to constantly have to discuss it and open it up, yeah. tell people what it meant, yeah. what they should get from sure. it, sure, Why well, they should watch it?
0: Well, the, but that, but that, but, <laughs> but that's that's the that, that's because you've been chosen as a representative.
1: Yeah, see, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I,
0: I know. I, know. Who I mean the, the shit would want to do that? <laughs> the it should speak for itself. Right. It's like you, I, right. you could answer all questions with, did you read the book? Right, 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 I already, right. I said it. I right. did it. Right. It's all in there. Right, like,
1: right, right. <laughs> right. But um, for me, in terms of what I've chosen to write about, whether I like it or not, that's probably not entirely fair. Yeah. That's probably not entirely fair. To have fair. the
0: disposition you have.
1: No, because some of these folks are coming to this first time in their lives. Yeah, and it means something to them, and they you know in terms of understanding. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to you know. Of course, you have folks who are insincere who are just you know sort of signaling to each other. Yeah, but I think like a cynical, I think it's like cynical to say that that's you know most of the. I think you have to you know if somebody comes to you and says this is a genuine thing I'm feeling, then you have to accept it and say okay, all right. And here's the other piece of it. This I knew, but it's worth saying again. Most writers would kill for an audience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Most writing is completely fucking forgotten. Yeah. So you got to be really careful about complaining, of the fact that large numbers of people are reading what you do or seeing what you do. Like you got you gotta always ask yourself. You say, okay, that's a problem, but do you want the other problem? Yeah. You know, because life's a problem. Life is always a problem. Right. You know, and you need to be clear about the problems you want and the problems you don't want.
0: Right. But I, I right. And, and as a writer, you're doing well and it's nice to have an audience. But it, it, it is sort of like the thing that's kind of mind blowing that I, I, I think that that I don't want to accept and that uh, <laughs> that, that I think most people entitled people don't want mm. to accept. Is that is that moment like you had with the with Stephen Colbert, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. you look. Right. What did you say? You looking to me for hope? Yeah. I'm... Why
1: are you talking to me? Go talk to your pastor, man. Look at me. I mean, sir, and I mean that. What are you talking to me for?
0: <laughs> I can't give you hope.
1: I mean, in that way. But see, in that way, I do. Like, I see myself. Kind of as an artist, and I don't mean that in a pretentious sort of way, I see journalism or the kind of journalism I do in that sort of way in the sense that, you know, folks who write in this long form way, they're thinking about presentation yeah. and moving things around they're trying to affect emotion, da, 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 da. How much of that shit do I read really, that's hopeful to me? Right. How much of the art that I love, how much of what, of anything that influence influenced me would I describe as inspiring hope? Yeah. Very, very little. <laughs> very little. I mean, I, I would describe it as illuminating. Sure. You know, enlightening. Right. right. You know what I mean. Right. Um, but hope is not a word that I would use for much of what I've consumed. And so, do you see a
0: reason? Is, it, is that because I don't? I don't? I don't look for hope in much of anything. I, I do look for relief occasionally. Right. Uh, and I do look to have my mind blown. Yes. But uh, I look for that. I look yeah. for that.
1: But truth is relieving to me. Yeah, truth. Like, right. Truth is right. even if it's not everything's going to be okay. It's like okay, yeah. at least I know now. Now I know. <laughs> well, I, I'm happy to know.
0: Well, it's like that thing you said about like I did. I think we, I was talking to somebody, my producer, about uh, uh, when James Baldwin saying that you
1: should be aware that
0: failure is a distinct possibility.
1: It is. It is, and you should be. And and you got to keep that. <laughs> yeah. Like you gotta you gotta really really you know keep that you know high in your mind. It's so and, funny
0: that the 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 sort of American narrative. That's right. You know, even right. the Hollywood narrative, the yeah. happy ending. Right. And, like, I find myself, you know, even, you know, despite my own intelligence, realizing that, like, this is, you know, because you want relief, man. Right? You want relief. What Something's got to give. Yeah. And then you realize, like, eh, maybe right. not.
1: No, maybe not. And no. maybe this is life. And then you <laughs> have to, you know, I think your job as any sort of writer, artist, journalist, whatever, is then, uh, you know, try to make something of what's there. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of place I'm in, you know, yeah. um, or where, but I don't again see myself as that different, you know. Um, is it live at the Sunset Strip? Yeah. That Richard probably talks about branding himself yeah. up and all that. Right. I love that piece, man. It's the best. Oh my god. Yeah. Does it make me hopeful? Yeah. No. Do I watch that and feel <laughs> <laughs> now everything's gonna be okay, or do I feel like there is something about humanity that's being revealed uh-huh. that I'm seeing something I have not seen before?
0: Uh huh. Yeah, he was good at that. You know. Yeah.
1: And that's what I want to do. Yeah. See, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to show some aspect of humanity that maybe has not, you know, been, and that might be something really dark.
0: Right, but I th- I think you, know, you do do that. I mean, you know, i have re- only read a couple of the essays in the new book, but after reading that the the last book, mm-hmm. that what you you know what I think prior also balanced was you know, an amazing sense of of community mm-hmm. and and acceptance mm-hmm. right in within that community mm-hmm. and then also his own crazy shit. Yeah. So like, you know, he was this kind of like disaster right. moving through a world that somehow took care of him. Right. You, right. you know, and it was a black world.
1: Right, right. for, right. for most of the time. Right, right. Right, right,
0: So, you know, you you got this amazing balance of, of darkness and, and and at least consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a sort right. of elevation of, of the human spirit. Right.
1: Right? right. right. Which isn't
0: hope. Right. It's that's the humanity you're right. talking about. Right,
1: exactly, exactly. And oftentimes I think um like what I'm being asked to do is read a bedtime story to somebody or you know, again, going back to this, because it's the, it's the closest
0: to but things. But you you're asked to, you're probably being asked to make white people feel better.
1: Yes. And you know what? Again, I've become more sympathetic toward that impulse. Like, again, in this last month, reading this stuff, I find myself, like, thinking, not even like, well, what have I done that's that bad? But I find myself wanting to distinguish myself. Like, not all men. Literally not all men. Yeah, I mean, I ain't done no shit like that. Like, I found myself... You know what I mean? And I, I had actually a conversation with a, you know a couple of male friends about this. We're feeling the same way, and you know realizing because of what had happened with me that the last thing you want to do is call up any woman you know and say, "Please say I'm not like that." Please offer me absolution, you yeah. know, which is what I get a lot of. Right? You know, uh, you know, I get a lot of people. You know, come to me. White people are so fucked up. White people are so saying things that like I don't even say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they want to. Right. They read it and they feel. Like, horrible about it.
0: These are white people saying
1: that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they want to, you know what I mean? Like, right. distance. Like, I don't want any part of this, man. Can I get out of this, please? I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs>
0: and what, what do you say? Like, <laughs> nope. You're...
1: No, I just listen. I just listen. Because the it's... fact of the matter is, you can't get out of it. Anymore that I can get out of, you know, what, what I'm in. Anymore that I can get out of, you know, being a part of, you know, men and, you know, the shit that yeah. men have done. Like, you can't get out of it. You're yeah. connected to it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. true. Anytime there's a group with power. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you you usually do not have the ability to individually extract yourself, you know, from from all of that.
0: Yeah, well that's what when, when you came in, I think that's what I started sort of telling you I wanted to do. Yeah, right. I, like I, you wait, wanted, wanted to get out. Leave. Right. Yeah, you want to get out. I want to
1: get out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean out. <laughs> right. Right. Like what? Become a fisherman or something? Yeah. Or some, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that impulse, man. Wait.
0: What, what's your job it. out there in the off the grid land?
1: I want to and I've always Wanted to be a taxi driver.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You could probably do that.
1: I don't think I could. My wife stopped me from doing it when I had no money. She wouldn't let me do it even that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. What? Because it wasn't safe.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh-huh. She's like, it's not safe.
0: What was it about taxi driving that's uh, compelling? So when
1: I first came to New York, like yeah. my, my the one job I had, the consistent money I had was I was I, would, I deliver food, and I liked that I didn't like I would pick up the food and then I would have to you know and it would be like for these like corporate clients uh-huh. so I, I would pick it up from this deli and then deliver. it and you were a middleman. yeah basically but my only responsibility was to get it there at a particular time yeah I didn't care how I did it I didn't care what I did it did in between right it was like over my shoulder you know what I mean I would cut on sports radio and I would be in my own zone Uh and I was I just had to get get the stuff there yeah and it felt so free yeah you know what I mean? Way yeah. enough. Like, yeah. it just felt free.
0: It's a simple task.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like, fill out this form, do this, do that. No, no. no just Can you just get this here?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to a guy yesterday, another comic, about when I started out, when you start out and all you're doing is, you know, just thinking about that joke. Yeah. You know, you got that thing, you know, you got to set it, mm-hmm. you know, 10 at night mm-hmm. for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and the rest of the day is like, it's yours, man. Yeah. You got to think yeah. about that joke yeah. and walk around.
1: Yeah. But the truth of the matter is I probably prefer my life right now.
0: <laughs> no, your life is good. <laughs> so what are you doing uh, out here?
1: Uh, writing. I wanted to um, just be away.
0: Oh, really? And you wanted to feel the, the, the Southern California thing?
1: No. I um This summer, uh, when I had to do um, the last essay in the book, uh, this essay, The First White President, I was... Somewhere away and um, like far, far away, far from New York, not here, but far, far away. And it was- um,
0: You don't wanna say where you were? I, I don't wanna say where All I right.
1: was. <laughs> <laughs> My wife told me not to say where I was. I mean, I'll tell you once the interview is over. But- um,
0: You went there to write that?
1: I went there on vacation, actually. Oh. And I was with you know some friends and they would go swim in the morning and yeah. then they would go swim in the evening and I would write good morning until the afternoon and I would go swim with them, you know, in the afternoon, the evening, evening.
0: You must have been a wreck.
1: Man, it was the healthiest time. <laughs> oh, yeah? I was like, this is supposed to be my life. Uh, like, this is what's supposed to be. Like, I feel so natural. Yeah. Like, I just feel natural yeah. here. Uh-huh. And I wanted to, you know, I couldn't reproduce that exactly, but I wanted to get as close as I could to that. Uh-huh. You know, um, and I just... I wanted to clear my head. I wanted to clear everything.
0: So you're down, yeah. You're down on on the beach. So how's is it working? Is it? Well,
1: it's only been two days, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So far, yeah. And you know, the thing about out here is, I mean, it's a. I don't want to insult anybody, but um,
0: they can take it.
1: Let's just say authors do not have the same level of profile here that they do in say New York. <laughs> um, just another guy, right? And that's fine with me. Yeah, that's good. so fucking fine with me. You yeah, you're a mean? star in New York. Well, I tell you, what, I, was a ca- I wouldn't say all of that. But what I would say is there's a cafe where I wrote almost all of my books where I've been writing since 2004. In Brooklyn? In uh, actually uh, uh, uptown in uh, Morningside Heights. Uh huh. I have been back there, but I should expect to get interrupted if I go there.
0: Right. You can't. Yeah, yeah you can't I, work. I should
1: expect that. I should expect that that's what's going to happen.
0: That comes with it.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. That's not going to happen here.
0: No, no. no. <laughs> no You're no, free here. You're no free amongst everybody. No yeah, one yeah, gives yeah. a fuck, man. So, how was France? You were in France for a year? I was. Now, what is your relationship with James Baldwin? I mean, in terms of of legacy, in terms of inspiration, in terms of of being compared to him? Uh, Because, you know, I had Raul Peck in here, Mm -hmm. and I watched that documentary, and Mm -hmm. again, it was something I did not know Mm -hmm. about, and the levels at which his brain operated on yeah, James Baldwin.
1: God, you must be learning so much at this period in your life.
0: Yeah, is that all right? Or that's you, great. Or is that a, another no, way of envy. calling it? Is
1: that a way of you saying like, where you been? Bullshit. <laughs> no, bullshit. It's maybe yeah. because like I feel like like maybe there was a point in your life where you're giving. I mean, and you, I guess you're still doing this because you're performing. Yeah. But performing is so much yeah. out, 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 out. Yeah. But this is in. Like you no, must be yeah, taken yeah. in so much.
0: I do. And I, I listen to people and I've always taken things in, but it's always been fragmented and not very disciplined, right? But
1: should, it's like a job now. It's a craft.
0: <laughs> it's good. Yeah. That but, is awesome. But to, to sort of be introduced to him and then to talk to Raul about him and then to, to realize that the, the depth of that intellect and that type of intellectual, right. and he was a public intellectual. He was. That when there were public intellectuals right. that could do the Johnny Carson show. Right 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 or the right. dick cavett show right and that was and and have these compa- or, or uh, william f buckley right uh that that i don't know what part of culture operated at those levels or right. took that in but but they were they were mainstream right and something went away right you know that whole you know ur- urban intellectual 70s right so Like, I was blown away by his thoughts and and disturbed and, uh, you you know, enlightened. But as somebody who gets compared to him or or seems to be somewhat in the same type of cultural criticism, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, what do you find your relationship to him is?
1: Well, I mean, I've been reading Paul since I was in college. Um, He is... I mean, my favorite American essayist, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful. That thing when we were talking about voice earlier. Yeah, I mean, I was aiming for. I actually at that point I wasn't aiming for him, but that mix of like poetry and history, and actually journalism. Although this gets looked over, he does you know quite a bit. He, you know, there's reporting all, all through. Say the fire next time. You know, in fact, the last scene is a the you know pivotal scene is actually just a, a work of journalism. Um. He's the God. Yeah. I mean, he's a God. I mean, he will have the longest sentences in the world, but you'll be able to follow them. Yeah. And it'll just be like a wave. You know what I mean? Just sort of undulating, flowing. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And it'll leave you feeling. Like I said, see, when I think about Bart, I think about his ability to make me feel. Yeah. You know, really, really make me feel to get to it. And, you know, when I was simply, when I was working on Between the World and Me, but even before that, but specifically for Between the World and me, that was what I was aiming for. Yeah, you know, I wanted to do what he did. So, any sort of craft-based comparison, which I think is actually the correct comparison,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, I take his high praise. I, you know, I take his high praise. There's no point in me running, you know, from that. It's right. true. I yeah. mean, I, I model myself after. I, I read it, and we all need people that we model ourselves after. And for me, you know, in terms of my writing, you know, um, he's the one.
0: Yeah. You know, he's the yeah. one. Oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I could see it. Yeah. And it's like, you know what's amazing about him as a public personality? You know, he could, the way he could articulate uh, thoughts and mm-hmm. then move away from them. That's right. And then come back around. That's exactly like, it. Holy
1: That's shit. That's exactly And hold the thread. <laughs> right. Like, how hold the it? thread. Like, he's okay. He's okay. He, <laughs> he, uh, he may be over here for a second, but he knows where he's going. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever try to do that as a writer, you can find how quickly you will become lost yourself. Uh, right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But you're right. He would hold the thread and it would be elegant. Unbelievable. Like elegant, like somebody dancing yeah. all, all the way through. No, and it's not just me, man. I you know, I think uh any, you know, essayist, anybody that writes essays in this period who is not thinking of him, um you're missing out. Um, I don't know any, you know, black essays who are not somehow, you know, thinking of him. I mean, it's like a basketball player saying, well, I never thought of Michael Jordan. Right. I do myself at the mic. Like, you know, come on, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, you're do, crazy. I'm doing my own thing. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. You know, none of us who are in that tradition are doing, doing our own thing, you know? And what was the time in France
0: like? I mean,
1: it, it was great. I mean, people often make the ball and connection there, but that, unless it was something subconscious going on that I haven't teased out yet. That was actually my wife. My wife loves Paris. Uh-huh. Um, Where's she from? Uh, she's from uh, Chicago by way of Tennessee actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she um, what' she do? She's a med student.
0: Oh, good. She's a second year med student, right? Oh, now, really? So yeah. Oh, that's hard, huh? So you're full on dad responsibilities again?
1: Well, no, her kid's 17, so I mean, oh, you're not like yeah. You know what I mean? Not you only like, got the one. You only got the one too. Uh. It was once she decided that she wanted to, you know, make a career change. Um, that was the second kid right there. Wow.
0: What? What kind of doctor is she thinking about being? She's
1: not sure. She went in thinking OB/GYN, but yeah. she goes every which way right now. Yeah, what's well, It's, it's her prerogative, right? It is. It is, and we'll see where it ends up. But she, um had this adoration for Paris and uh-huh. she went for her thirtieth birthday and she wanted me to go with her but I was like, I oh, don't what the hell I'm gonna go to Paris for. What's in Paris? I mean this is how I thought. Yeah. Right. I wasn't well travelled at all at that point. I didn't have an adult passport. What the fuck am i gonna go to Paris for? Yeah. What's in Paris? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. She came back and she was like, You really should go. You really, really should go. Um and I tend to regard her opinion about me, you know, rather highly. So I can't see why I should go, but if she says I should, it's probably correct. Okay,
0: she. Well, at least uh, you, know, you know you know she understands you. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, and so you know, I you know, shortly after that, well, a little while after, I began yeah. you know studying French, and my, you know, we'd always wanted to you know our kid to have you know to be bilingual, and so my son started. And the only real way to get it is to, you know, live a year over there. Yeah. You know, like to actually, you know, immerse yourself in it. And I so it was really your
0: choice. You wanted to do something. I did. Yeah. I
1: did. I did. And I wanted it for him before uh-huh. he left the house. I wanted him to have living. How old before. was he? Uh so he went 15? over 14 when we left. Uh-huh. Well, Fifteen. Fifteen when we left. Did he dig it? Uh not for the first three months and then he didn't want to leave by the end. Oh yeah. 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 It was uh one of these situations where we got over. He was supposed to be in this bilingual school. And when we got there, in fact it was not bilingual, it was just French. Uh huh and he took the train there by himself took the subway came home and was absolutely horrified was scared out of his you know Mind. i looked at him i said listen to me in about three months you're gonna be thankful that no one's speaking english there you're gonna be like this is nothing to me i'm so glad i did this because that's how you build confidence sure, sure? like you have to have, yeah. you gotta have those fearful moments like you oh, gotta yeah. and him being in such a different situation than i was as a child i've had to intentionally create fearful moments <laughs> You know, not dangerous moments, not physically, dead, but fearful moments so that, you know, he's always pushing. Yeah. You know, pushing himself and, you know, like developing a So he just
0: mildly scared the shit out of your kid his entire
1: life. I think you got to, man. (laughs) If you ain't scared, I mean, if you're not, if you don't have that in your own life, you're not, I don't like, I feel like that's living.
0: Sure. No, yeah. That's living, It's good to be a little nervous. <laughs> on the edge. Right on the edge. Sure, man. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I am I'm, I'm about done with it, but uh <laughs> I can I can't seem to get rid of it now. Yeah, I can't yeah, seem yeah. to get rid of that edge. Yeah. So, he learned the French He's pretty good. Yeah? He's pretty good. And you had a yeah. good time? You ate good food?
1: He did. He ate good food. We you, all ate good food.
0: And you did some writing over <laughs> did there? some
1: writing over there? Yeah. Yup.
0: What are you working on here? What are you writing? Another book?
2: I You am.
1: just finished a book. I did. I did. But that was a lot of essays. It was a lot of essays and it was mostly written. Um, And then I, I wrote about half of it. And I have this novel that I've been working on no since. No shit. 2000 and actually since I finished the first book. since did a fantasy and, novel? Sorta. Of, yeah, Yeah, sort of.
2: Is
0: it funny?
1: Uh, not very. <laughs> not very.
0: So, where? How far into it are you?
1: Uh, well, I already wrote a draft of it, so I'm I'm rewriting right now.
0: Oh, did you give it to Christopher for for notes?
1: Uh, he has seen parts of it for notes. He had yeah. to see parts of it before I, they gave me a contract for it. So, uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And they signed off on it.
1: They did. They did it remarkably. I couldn't believe it.
0: Oh, I I, remember, I know it. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you're gonna <laughs> you're trying something new. But when you teach, because I know you teach a bit, uh, mm-hmm. when you teach journalism, in mm-hmm. terms of you know where are, because it seems like right now, uh, you know, real journalism is definitely cranking.
1: It is. I mean, you know, it, right
0: alongside of you know shitty journalism. Yeah, like,
1: yeah, yeah, but it has a muse in Donald Trump.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, it, it woke it up. Right. Woke it the fuck up. Right. And now more people are sort of like, what, what's what's happening? Yeah so when you teach journalism with such that urgency what how do you how are you different in how you teach it
1: so I'm mostly uh, you know so right now I'm teaching at the J school and um at NYU yeah Um before that I was at uh, CUNY and, uh-huh. and MIT before that and I actually focus on writing uh huh I focus on writing because uh, the kids I get I'm um, gonna have uh, NYU mostly have reporting experience already
0: oh so they got the basics who what when where why <laughs> there you go who what when where why is that it
1: that's it. That's right. it. Don't ask me because I didn't take. I actually took no journalism course. <laughs> I know. I love that that you you
0: you dropped out of college and you're teaching college. Yeah, I always yeah, like yeah. that story. Yeah. yeah so no, so that's am. how that story. That's how it ended up. That's, that's how, how it ended they, up. They, the unprecedented, uh, you know, kid from your neighborhood who drops out of college <laughs> is now teaching at college.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no. So I um I I try to I try to teach them like Baldwin taught me. Yeah. You know, um, I try to teach them to try to, you know, write with intent, to write with aggression, with ferocity, um, on edge, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in a a really, really active way. Because I think like, you know, the reporting and the research is the assembly of the information, but you really, it really helps to know how to convey it Mm -hmm. in a way that people feel it.
0: And who do you have them read other than Baldwin?
1: Oh God, I just finished the syllabus the other day.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, don't start me lying. Um, Do you know I start off with poetry?
0: Yeah. Well yeah, you have a deep relationship with yeah, poetry. Yeah, I
1: start out with poetry because well, I want them to understand the efficiency of sentences and the efficiency of words.
0: Which which who's your poet?
1: Uh, Robert Hayden is on there, uh-huh. Carolyn Forche is on there, um Mary Baraka is on there. Uh, and then, you know, we by the second week we've actually moved into articles. Um, I have them read my colleague James, uh, James Fallows, uh-huh. uh, Caitlin Flanagan, who's at the Atlantic. I have them read um, The Great Elizabeth uh, Colbert. Yeah. A little bit of um, Ian Parker, um, George Orwell. Orwell, yeah. Orwell, but I don't have them read 19. I had them read uh, Politics in the English Language. Um, so oh, that's we got a great. Good, good selection. No
0: Hunter selection. S. Thompson?
1: No, you know, I've never read Hunter Thompson. Do you know that? Yeah, that's all right. No, maybe it's not. You know, maybe I should. I mean, he's so influential. You know what I mean? There's so many people who, you know. He could turn a phrase
0: and he was funny. Could he really? Sure.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I've heard uh, of that guy i would say like you know some people would do the i just I, you know I, I you know he's a, a certain type of journalist mm-hmm. but in terms of writing mm-hmm. with ferocity yeah, yeah, yeah you know fear and loathing on the campaign trail right and uh you know the book of essays the generation of swine in the 80s right. it's Anybody good knows. it's 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 funny okay. i mean and it's you know and it's solid okay and it makes you go like oh yeah fuck yeah yeah but uh maybe not you but me now what did you learn from you know from david carr when he uh like, because uh, he gave you the first gig, You don't right? have
1: a cross paths, did you?
0: No, I I missed him.
1: Uh, he would have liked you. Yeah? He liked you a lot. Um, He was a heavy cat. Yeah, and he likes, and I think because this was his life, he likes people who get the light later. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. always liked that. He was another guy that likes C students. Yeah, yeah. Um, the underdog. <laughs> yeah, he loved that. Uh, Everything. I loved yeah. everything for David. Yeah. I loved everything for David. I had the great fortune of... um. Meeting David Carr before he was David Carr, before he was, you know, at the New York Times um, as recovering alcoholic, recovering drug addict. Where'd you meet him? uh, In Washington, D.C., where he was editing uh, an alternative paper to Washington City Paper. Yeah. And I was 20 years old and I would read the City Paper and they would do these long articles that had the kind of creative mix that we started talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Um, And I thought I wanted to do something like that. And I sent in an application to, to intern at the Washington City Paper, and he brought me in. I had never, ever, like, this is my first real contact with any amount of white people in mass. Yeah. Um, So it was like a different world, like it was a totally, totally different world, you know? um, It wasn't traumatic, you know? Like I didn't have bad shit happen.
0: No, they were were of the same species. They were
1: of the same species, as it turned out. (laughs) This is what I've been told. Yeah. In fact, they are. In fact, they are. Yeah. And, you know, and David, uh, but you know, I have to say like the, the racial thing was big, actually. If I'm honest, it was big for me because I think like having not like they are two they're different they're different kinds of black people. Mm-hmm. There are those who grow up around white people and have something traumatic happen to them. And then they, you know, just feel, you know what I mean? A certain type of way about that. And then there are those who don't grow around white people and just have, have no idea what to expect. Yeah. Just have no fucking idea. But know the history and they're like, you, man, you, these you've heard things. You've heard things. But... I've heard things. <laughs> That's exactly it. You've heard things. And that's always <laughs> in the back of your head. What you saw. It took like a couple years for my God to drop. Uh-huh. You know, and even one of the sad things about David dying is I felt like it was not until, so he passed in, I think it was 15. He passed in 15, early 15. And I don't think I really got to the space where I could really accept him, accept him, and the kind of love he was trying to give until... Yeah like two thousand eight or so. So it's like oh, really? the last part of our friendship. Wow. You know, where I was much more open to
0: him. Right. But you still he still mentored you despite the fact that you couldn't oh, yeah. be open to him too. Oh him.
1: yeah, yeah. And I wasn't like I was an asshole to Right, him. right, right. You know what I mean? But right. I yeah. didn't I didn't I wasn't you know, and I was so much I don't know if you've ever had friendships like this where you're filled with your own insecurities. Yeah. And you see <laughs> the person through that.
0: Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You know yeah. what I
1: mean? And so you can't really see yeah I was out one time with him and this meant the world to me he used to call me up when i wasn't doing shit On yeah. that first year in new york he would take me to these fancy restaurants in manhattan and i would think you know in my insecure way what and he
0: was at the times then
1: yeah at the Times. yeah so, i think what in the hell yeah. does this dude want to do with me yeah <laughs> you know what i mean this white yeah. dude is in you know new york doing x y and z i'm over here losing what does he want to do with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could I didn't have enough to say. Maybe he just likes me. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't have that. Like right. you know, people like each other. Yeah, right, right. And this is a thing they do for people they like. Yeah,
0: they go out to dinner. They and go talk. out to
1: dinner and talk. Yeah. And he would, you know, take me. And one time he took, and I, I my dad, and my relationship with my dad had changed at that point. Because my son had been born and my dad was very, very giving towards me. Whereas before I perceived him as being really hard, uh-huh. he had changed. He was yeah. like full of sympathy and compassion. And I said, Jesse, I can't understand why my dad keeps giving. Like, I don't I don't understand. Like I'm, I'm clearly doing nothing over here. You know? And he said to me, he said, no, I, I think you're a good bet. A good bet? Yeah, so he told me. He said, "I think you're a good bat." (laughs) And if anything kills me, is that like he didn't get to see all of this.
0: No, I mean he saw
1: some of it, but he didn't get to see yeah all of it. You
0: really come into your own. Yeah, no.
1: Um, but you need people to say shit like that to you when you're down. Yeah, you know that meant the world. That's great. Yeah.
0: Do you still? uh, Are you still in touch with the the uh, last president?
1: I have not spoken uh, with him since I interviewed him, which I guess is about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you think yeah. you guys are okay?
1: I think we're okay. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> I do know that. I mean, I know we're okay. I've heard from other people. I, I, know, I know we're okay. I know <laughs> we're okay. You're
0: a little hard on him here and there.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? He uh, is a sort of person that likes the back and forth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think he, um, I don't want to say he liked it. Yeah. But he enjoys a, a tangle, an, an exchange.
0: You like um, to debate. He does like to the debate. The thinker. He's a thinker. That's he, he right. Is. He is. All right, man. So uh, there's no uh, no hope necessarily, but I think we had a good conversation.
1: <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> a lot nice of meeting you. Yeah, man. Thanks so much, Mark.
0: Okay. I thought that was a great conversation. It was great talking to that guy. Nice meeting him. I'd like to talk to him again. Hey, I, I should I should lay down a riff. I can do it. I can do it. I can lay down a riff. I just I want you all to know that this is about the 90th take on this. I My mean, fingers are stiff. I'm not hitting it. And like I, you think I was like, you think I give a shit. <laughs> Yes. Boomer lives. Oh man, just fingers are cramping up, the strings are dead, I couldn't can not wrap my Oh man. Boomer lives.